Anna Dow here. And this is the uh, now annual, I guess, year in review um, of Reclaiming the Garden with our podcast pals at Couch Communion. We're so excited to have y'all back. Yes! Yay! Episode, maybe just talk a bit about yourselves and your pod. Oh, um, me? Okay. Yep. Hi. Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I'm Sarah, and uh, I'm one half of Couch Communion. We started our podcast about the same time uh, as Reclaiming the Garden, which was super fun, and that's how we became podcast pals, just mm-hmm. through Instagram and seeing that we were kind of starting off the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jordan and I like to say that we are not theologians, um, so if you're wanting like the actual Bible Dyke deep dive, that's why you're here on Reclaiming the Garden. <laughs> yeah. But if you yeah. just want to hear us rant about stuff... About That's, cults and yep, uh, D and D and yep, yep. Don't panic, it's not satanic. <laughs> yes, we've talked about satanic panic. Um, uh, what was the other? Uh, I was just going back and listening. Oh, y'all to reflected about Roe v. Wade this year in your yeah, um, we did. American we did. Episode, yeah. So yeah. some of our stuff is serious. Some of it's really not mm-hmm. serious. Um, but we just have a good time, and we uh mm-hmm. are also kind of exvangelical. I feel like the question mark is really a good descriptor. Yeah, yeah, there we go. (laughs) That's what I, I've always kind of described myself a little bit as a recovering evangelical. Is that like, um, I think that that's kind of a good descriptor for the podcast is I'm Jordan, by the way, the other half of Couch Communion. Um, And I think it's really um, us kind of just going on a journey of like having a space to talk about faith stuff um, and figure out what we really believe and what we uh are learning and you know all that good stuff and so it's a it's a a lot of times silly a little bit serious all the time cozy that is true absolutely and i think that there's room for all of us too because one thing i tell people it's like oh why are you making like a podcast it's like i want when people google questions about theology that they think conflict with evangelicalism that they Mm. get flooded with Mm -hmm. Stuff that like stuff like that we create for ex evangelicals yeah. mm-hmm. for people who are more yeah. progressive and into liberation theology like that is the hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. on their mm-hmm. podcast feed, you can find us doing some Christian music trivia this year. Yes, so fun. <laughs> yeah, um, way more balanced than last year's Bible Jeopardy. We've already talked about that. That's the whole thing. We don't have to rehash Bible Jeopardy, but it was fun. We had a good time. Yeah. I had a good and time. I think I, I had a good time doing Bible trivia and I'm glad that you guys played along with me. So, yeah. So let's get into our discussion. A year in review. What happened in the faith world, deconstruction world, all of that sort of jazz. Uh, something that we were bringing up before recording is a topic that we are all very heated about. So let's get into it. Tish Harrison Warren. She has a column in the New York Times. She is a priest in the Anglican Church in America. As she calls herself an Anglican priest, which is not really correct because the anglican church of america is not part of the anglican communion well it's part of like part of the anglican communion but not re- it's it's complicated it's complicated it's like, <laughs> technically it's weird because like episcopalians are anglican but they're not they're called episcopalian in the u.s mm-hmm. and they're affirming but anglicans in the u.s aren't mm-hmm. yeah at all yeah. I and I have many every... friends who are Episcopalian who get very angry about this. They're like, no, we're the real Anglican. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'm one of those. I'm one of those. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. yeah. I need every Christian from every denomination in America, well, everywhere, to really just, I need us to all come together just once and really work on the names uh-huh. of everything because the, it's so confusing and people just name each other 
whatever. And there's yeah, there like, are the Methodist Episcopalians. The well, the African Methodist Episcopalians. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's also yeah. like the Christian Church, the Church of Christ, the Disciples of Christ, Disciples yes. of Christ. Like, and all uh, of these people have very di- varying degrees very of like, different. LGBTQ affirmation. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, and then there's like the schisms within each denomination because there's Presbyterian and there's Presbyterian Church USA, which mm-hmm. is affirming. And then there's the two yeah. Methodist, the Presby- yeah, yes. mm-hmm. Baptists. Uh, what's the United Baptist? There is an affirming yeah. Baptist. Yeah, oh, is. isn't it American Baptist? Maybe it's American Baptist. I can't remember. We have a church in town that is a member mm-hmm. of that, um, and that was the first time I ever heard about it when we visited. But they were so stoked to see people under forty walk into their doors. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. they were sweet. They were. They were very sweet. Uh, but anyway, back to Tish Harrison Warren. She writes this column for the New York Times. And yeah, I mean, what happens is that like she releases this very bad take and then a bunch of people are like, wait, this is what Anglicans believe. And it's like, no, yeah. not a lot of people. <laughs> so, so let me give you some context as to why Sarah and I are laughing about this. So um, so I gathered a couple of things with me because I knew we were going to be doing year in review. And I, you know, I was like, oh, maybe we'll be like, oh, how are your holidays? Or like, what are you excited about reading? Like those kinds of things. So I grabbed a couple of things that I had gotten for Christmas this year. And so I put this book on my Christmas list last year, I think. I didn't receive it. And so I just put it on there again this year. Not thinking, just like I, mm. I had all oh, I had, her everyday miracles or okay. it's, I had. So I had read the title and the description and that was it. Oh, and I was no. like, oh, this sounds amazing. And so I, I had it over here and literally five minutes before we were about to join the room and record, I was talking to Sarah about some of the stuff that I had gathered and I looked down and on the cover of the book, um, I did receive this for Christmas this year. And on the cover of the book, it says Christianity Today book of the year. And I was like, oh no, oh, no. <laughs> like that's not a good sign and so then i turned it over and i was like all right who's oh god tish harrison warren i know i've heard that name before and then i was like oh no her work appears in christianity today the well comment magazine and elsewhere she worked on campus with inner varsity christian fellowship oh no (laughs) i'm like i'm going through this and i'm like i i literally said to sarah she has all the evangelical cred and calls herself an angler (laughs) yeah i i i like um, I said to Sarah right beforehand, I was like, oh no, she's, I was like, wait, no, she's a priest in the Anglican church of North America. And I was like, we're going to get to this and I'm going to be so embarrassed. No, but do you want to just time. like read some of the titles you, you had up some of the titles of her articles? Yeah. Well, so liturgy of the ordinary in theory sounds like a really, I'm still going to read it. I think it sounds like a really cool and here, it's um, like i think the prayers in it are good i i initially i think at one point had my book on like her book on my list but then like i just was like there are like a lot of other prayer books out there that i can yeah, like, yeah, yeah. A, lot, a lot more <laughs> options um i did just flip to a random page and i see in my tradition anglicanism we baptize in because uh episcopalians do get really upset about the difference between those two um groups because um we really wish they hadn't taken the name uh anglican church uh of north america because that's it's very it's very confusing it's misleading yeah like some of her titles on new york times for some of our articles um uh uh, america has a scorn problem i married the wrong person and i'm so glad i did 
Oh yeah, that, that's that's how about like you know, marriage is not about happiness; it's about yeah. like, like holiness and all that jazz. So you Dobbs have, wrote like, <laughs> the myth of bodily autonomy. Oh, the I culture war know. that more Christians should be fighting. What is that? What, is that? what war is that? <laughs> Let me see. If we don't talk about economic justice, we are advancing an emaciated view of Christian political engagement. Okay, that's not bad. That's but... not bad yet. Oh. I mean, a broken clock. A broken clock is right twice a day. So that's exactly <laughs> what I said earlier. <laughs> That's exactly like, I what like, I said. I was like, I'm so worried that she's like a terrible person. Sarah's like, broken clock. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> New York Times. They won't let me in. Dang it. Oh, yeah. But anyway, every time, honestly, it's sometimes just like every week, Twitter, uh, the ex-evangelical Twitter just explodes over like, you know, hating on whatever she posted. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Sarah, Sarah brought this one up uh, just a moment ago. Having a hard Christmas, Jesus did too. <laughs> oh, that's one of like, her takes? That's, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a Jesus juke in a headline. Like... <laughs> Dang. Uh, I mean, no, I mean, she's not wrong. She's not. God knows the depths of human pain because he has felt it himself. Not sure, wrong. Sure. But I just feel, I feel the vibes coming. I feel it. And like, I don't know, this maybe I'm, maybe I'm out of, out of line and a little crazy. I feel like Mary's Christmas was a lot harder than Jesus's. <laughs> yeah. Let's be just, honest here. Just yeah. Honest. Also, like, what's the point? It's such an unhelpful, like... I don't know. That's one of those things of like if someone's having it's a hard just time. Just a band-aid and like, over a gushing wound is what I or, say. Or it's like when someone's like, "Yeah, I've been feeling really sad and depressed lately," and you're like, "Why? You don't have anything to be sad about. They're starving children all across the world. Why are you sad?" It's like that's for yeah. what? Yeah. For what? Mm-hmm. For why? Yeah. Um, I remember also there's an article she wrote about how now that the pandemic has eased which you know it has hasn't um but yeah. <laughs> they're like now that the pandemic has eased we don't need to do online church anymore we can just have you know the thing that we've always done of just delivering communion to the elderly who are stuck in their homes and it's like no do you realize so something interesting i read this year um a book by Nadia Balls Weber. It was actually her first book, Salvation on the Small Screen, where she watches TBN for 24 hours and writes her response. <laughs> the looks of horror. <laughs> I need to read that. I have yeah. Yeah. Asterisks, but I think, An interesting but... thing, her sort of like, some of her conclusion is like, why do people like watch this? Because it, she thinks it's mostly like a lot of elderly people. It's like, this is their church. You know, she wrote that book in like 2007 when there were not as many online church options. And so she was like, well, they watch this to feel part of like their community and that they matter, that their money is being given to like a ministry. So that's why I'm like, we need online church for people yeah. Yeah. who for whatever reason do not want to go there physically. You know, we need for them to have that access or else they'll end up spending giving their money to like televangelists yeah Yeah. getting like snake oil yeah yeah Mm. it's just there's so much i so i i am gonna read this book but i it it drives me up a wall when people have a platform and Mm -hmm. choose choose to because i know she definitely probably knows the difference between and it's not just like the church division, but like there's core beliefs between those, that division Mm -hmm. that like, she for sure knows the difference because she is a priest in Mm -hmm. the Anglican church of North America. And it's just the misrepresentation that 
it, it just perpetuates the same stuff all the time. Oh, that, like, yeah, and speaking of which, so Beth Moore joined the Anglican Church of North America. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Who's Beth, who's, refresh, who's Beth Moore? Um, she is someone who, like, used to be a lot more, technically a lot more conservative than she is now, because she's definitely called out, like, Trump, and she's called out a lot mm-hmm. of patriarchal bullshit yeah. in the uh, in the Southern Baptist Convention. God, that, was that, is such that, a low, that is such a low bar. It is, yeah, really. Yeah. The bar is yeah, in hell. But, like, you know... Like, you shouldn't, though. And, you know, when she decided to leave the Southern Baptist Convention, people were like, where is she gonna go? And it turns out that she joined ACNA, because now she can technically be like a pastor if she wants to but then you know she doesn't have to deal with the whole gay thing well and the funny thing is is that anglican the anglican church of north america they let the churches decide um Mm. about women's ordination but uh, across the board women cannot become bishops Mm. um so there it's still there's still like that line Mm. of of leadership that like women are are barred from taking part Mm. of and it's just it's freaking annoying And again, it's like everything that is shitty about evangelicalism in America, it's all based off of really awful theology. It's like, if you did an iota of research or listen to people who do this for a living, um, Mm -hmm. you would know that, knock, knock, women can preach um, and gay people are allowed in the church or the Bible never actually says anything about but there's also people. in yeah. certain strands yeah. of like evangelicalism, there's a distrust of academia, you know, particularly when you go into the like, Pentecostal side yeah. of things. Yep. Yeah. It, yep. Yeah. That's the thing too. It's like, you, there's no arguing with someone who says that the Bible is their only authority. And it's like, but how do you know the Bible is real? Cause it is yeah. like, yeah. you can't argue, like you can't argue yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah. Some academic had to go and do all the work that you're benefiting from. Someone now. had to translate that. Yeah. Someone had to right. research the language, ancient Hebrew and Greek. Yeah. Well, I don't. I don't know if y'all know this, but academia just makes you liberal, and that's that's why that's why oh. we can't trust right. it because that's yeah. the purpose of academia yeah. is to recruit liberals. And, it's and brainwashed. Truly, someone looking at my <laughs> story it. would probably say that I got brainwashed at a liberal women's college. You know, Ooh, that the women's college made me gay. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> Jordan and I got liberally brainwashed at a very conservative Christian university. So <laughs> checkmate haters. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> checkmate evangelicals. Yeah. So checkmate exactly. Yeah. Um, I and also just. Yeah. Well, no, go ahead, because this is... Oh, I was about to say, it's always weird when uh, people are like, I went through college and I didn't get, like, I didn't turn into a commie or whatever. And it's like, first of all, college is not turning you into a communist. It is the most capitalistic institution mm. on the planet. Mm-hmm. And two, yeah. are you telling me that C's, like, that you are the living embodiment of C's get degrees? Like... <laughs> No, really. Like, you're yeah, yeah. just flaunting the fact that you went to college and didn't change at all. No. Like, yeah. you went through no personal development, no no development whatsoever. No, because yeah. you didn't change at all. Somehow. <laughs> I know. How did you yeah. get this far? How did you, how did you make it that far? I don't know how, like, active on TikTok, um, Anna and April, that you guys are, but I'm on there all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's a girl who... I haven't even seen the original. I've only seen people like stitching it and replying to it, mm-hmm. but she was um, writing. I can't remember. She said something about that. She was like, 
pretending to be a liberal to get an A on her I made paper a or whatever. Video okay. I did yes. response video to that. It's my favorite thing in the world of people being like, wow, that's so crazy that you actually like found a liberal argument and found evidence for it and did a well-researched paper based on evidence and facts that support your liberal argument. So crazy. <laughs> it's like the you're right so there. Glad. You're right yeah. there. So glad you walked all the way into the point and missed yeah. it. Yeah. Um, <sighs> also, just real quick back to uh, Tish. Um, yeah. <laughs> because I saw this other book on Amazon that she's credited as being a contributor. Um, it's called A Just Passion, a six-week Linton journey. And it's her and it looks like maybe four other people um but i'm very interested in the description of this which is um injustice injustice is rampant around us it is also present within us to better confront oppression in the world we must own that reality and look to christ our liberator lent is the opportune time for this as we contemplate his suffering together with selections from a diverse range of ivp books which ivp is interversity press thank you um i was thinking international something press but um a just passion has been curated to hold in tension the immense weight and hope of the linton season this collection of short readings breath prayers and scripture passages from the first nations version guides readers through a six-week journey of repentance lament worship and healing the reason i'm curious about this is that sound because you said she's canadian was that or the well she's a part of acna is she canadian born wait i could probably google that but i just find it interesting that she is contributing to this book about justice and i can't tell if it has a like a focus on first nations well, it said it uses a First Nations Pers- translation of scripture, so... Something, yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's, That's just an interesting. interesting thing of, like, when things look progressive, but there might be some yeah. condition going on under these. Like, I don't know. You're going to do this and then talk about bodily autonomy and how hmm. that's not... A th- like... Right. It's like, it's a contradiction. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <sighs> just where where's your head at, Tish? I just need... I need clarification. Um, And speaking of bodily autonomy, let's talk about a really big thing that happened in the faith world this year. Um, Because of, like, me and Anna like to say that the evangelicals got their 30 pieces of silver this year. Roe v. Wade's overturned at the cost of all of your dignity. So many people leaving the church, like, at the cost of, like, having these terrible people on the court. Yeah, it's, again, it's moments like these where it's like, I don't know if I believe in a hell necessarily, but it's moments like these where I really freaking hope that there is divine punishment because mm-hmm. again it's the 30 pieces of silver you can't take that with you when you die like mm-hmm. yeah i just have to imagine because i don't i'm with you i don't know that i believe in a literal hell but i do yeah. believe that everyone will have to face god and own up for what they did in life and just i just w- I, like i wish i could be there to see it i just wish i could hear god talking to I mean, Trump, first of all, mm-hmm. um, half of the Supreme Court. So, okay, here's my little theory. I like to say that, like, I I sort of have a belief that, like, hell is a kind of purgatory where, like, you're, 
you're in the sort of state where like you can go and enter the full beloved community of God. Uh, mm-hmm. But in order to do that, you have to actually like own up to what you've done. You have to like confess and be able to like re- receive forgiveness and like say you're sorry. And I'm like, that could take an eternity for Trump to do. It yep. could take him literally <laughs> it forever. Sure could. It's, <laughs> it's um, it's the good place theory. The good. The yes. Good yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which I. Uh, I don't know necessarily if I f- sit in one camp when it comes to those beliefs, but it's definitely one that I favor for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I, cause as much as I freaking hate it, um, you know that that conversation, if it was like a one-on-one, God set, sat down with, with Donald Trump himself, that God would be patient and would be loving and like, it would be a smackdown, but in the most loving way possible. Right. So the Eastern Eastern Orthodox church believes that like, that, um, that like heaven and hell are in a way the same because God's love to some people is like a burning fire or it's paradise. So interesting. It's beautiful. And satisfying. I hope it, I hope it burns him. Just, just a little bit, just, oh, just yeah. a lot bit. Um, I, I do have, I have to though. I have to believe that, in some way, that like there's a way there that everybody has a shot. That everybody's got a yeah. shot. No matter what, no matter how much of a cock waffle you are, like you've, you've got a shot. <laughs> say cock waffle here while you can, because we yeah. can't say that on. I our can't podcast. say it on ours. But I can say it here. <laughs> Yeah, um, we talked a little bit about this on ours, which you kind of mentioned earlier. I don't know and if you guys want to talk about this, but like Jordan and I talked a lot about how we both used to be very pro-life mm-hmm. and that was just how we were raised. Um, and I mean, Southern Baptist, Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah. And I like remember going to a Christian music festival and they had like a whole tent. That oh was my God. Up. They had, they had a booth and they had a binder that you couldn't look into. And were we at the same thing? <laughs> I think we were at the same uh, festival because yes. And you could get, um, this 2012. Yep. Wait, did, so did yeah. you look in the binder? I never did. And I'm fucking glad. Oh uh, yeah. Be glad. I think be glad. I did. Yeah. Be glad. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, it's just, if you've seen people holding picket signs of pictures of fetuses and stuff, it's the same thing. Um, But they had like, you could spray paint some kind of pro-life thing like on your shirt or whatever. And so I got a shirt that was like spray painted with choose life or something. I don't Mm -hmm. even remember, but um, that was one thing that I really struggled with, like in my deconstruction of, I feel like abortion was the thing that I was like, I'm never going to change my mind on this. I'm always going to be pro-life. And I, am in the sense of i think that everyone deserves a good life but in like the liberal sense not in Mm -hmm. the don't have abortion sense um and it was really surprising to me how affected i was when roe v wade was overturned like i i guess i just kind of because i kind of everyone kind of knew it was coming for a little bit um but the day that it happened i was just at work and ended up in an office with a bunch of my female coworkers, all of us just sitting and like processing and being angry. And then the next day I cried to my therapist for like an hour about it. And I was like, I didn't expect this. 
Um, because... Yeah. So when when I saw it, I I had just finished. We had just finished up the week of vacation Bible school at my church, and we were the volunteers were all getting some ice cream, and then I was just you know waiting for the in line for the ice cream, and I was checking yeah. my phone, and every single post on my feed was about abortion, and so I was like. I better look up what the result was. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's so hard because you can't explain to people like I um, was very pro-life as well. I'm very pro-choice now. I don't like abortion. I don't like abortion as much as a person doesn't like getting chemotherapy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like it's mm-hmm. no one likes it. No one enjoys mm-hmm. it. No one's having a grand time, but it's a medical procedure. Mm-hmm. that's what it right. is. That is sometimes necessary. It's sometimes necessary. And it's, it's unfortunate. And the thing is, I don't, I wish we lived in a country where we had access to healthcare and comprehensive sex ed and like where that choice was only one that had to be made in the most dire of circumstances. Yeah. But mm-hmm. those, those are, no, let's just tell like women that they need to close their legs and yeah. Just keep the baby. Like and that it's like there are actual solutions. Yeah, birth control. To this. But yeah. you know that evangelicals don't like that. And it's like education about like comprehensive sex. That. that really was the tipping point for me in terms of like the shift to where I was like, oh, I actually remember the exact moment that I realized mm-hmm. it was pro-choice. Is that like I was having a discussion with friends of ours who um are also a couple friends of ours, I mean, um, Mark and myself who are also a couple of two different church traditions. And we were talking about the birth control issue and like how frustrating it is the the difference in beliefs on birth control and stuff and, and, and how unfair it is to say, we don't want abortions to happen, but also in the same breath, we're not going to do anything to prevent, Mm. you know, the necessity for that. Um, and we're not going to do anything to give people comprehensive sex ed. And I said, in the progression of that conversation, I said, you know, like, I really, I, 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 I don't like abortions. I don't want them to happen. And I, I don't like it. But like, I don't feel like my beliefs can dictate what somebody else does. Mm-hmm. And, and Becky, my friend, she looked at me and she goes, um, that's the definition of being pro-choice. Like, you're, <laughs> congratulations. Welcome to the team. And I was like... <laughs> Oh, and I think it's it's I think that might be the case and I could be projecting but I feel like pro-choice in evangelical and Baptist land has such negative connotations you're a baby killer still call yourself pro-life but like it's not my place to say that a person can or can't do this and it's like but you'll still call yourself pro-life because Mm -hmm. pro-choice has such negative connotations like yeah pro-choice is pro-death and it's like no it's not yeah like yeah, I really My- wish both camps would. I mean, I don't, I don't. And like it's like if you're really gonna, but... if you really want to protect babies, how about let's like lift single mothers, get them out of poverty. Let's make yeah. sure that they have the resources they need to raise their yeah. children that they yeah. chose to have. Yeah. Like, and it's it's wild to me because like so much of that is, I feel like so much of the like very staunchly pro life group they do believe in those things of like, we, we need to have better, you know, access to good health care. not so much on the sex ed portion, but on, on things like we need to support young mothers. We need to have um, opportunities and we need to have, we need to have a safety net um, that we don't have. And they believe well, in those things, but they're not they willing. The church wants to provide, like they say that the church should do it. Right. Not the government. Right. They're Even not, though the government not... could do it much more effectively if we actually were able to like, 
give them the money to do exactly yeah. they're not willing to do what it takes to actually make that happen yeah and 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 it i the the dissonance there is just like it's mind-boggling to me mm-hmm. i don't yeah. i don't understand that I think the other point that's kind of brought up to me that's kind of like i realize this and it's kind of upsetting is like when people are protesting planned parenthood and they have pictures of dead fetuses that are like close to term if not full term it's like first of all like did someone give you permission to use this photo uh, of yes. their child that they most certainly wanted? Yes. Uh-huh. Like yeah. no baby gets that full, like that far into development if the parent really, really wanted the child, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, and so then when people are like, you could kill the baby at birth and have a late term abortion. It's like, no, okay, now you're just being no. willfully like stupid. At this yeah. Point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the things that really, and, Jordan, I hope it's okay that I talk about you and sure. <laughs> your kid. Um, sure. But one of the things I was talking to um, one of my coworkers about, even if like, because I think a lot of times two pro-life people are like, well, if you get pregnant, like if you don't want the kid, that's fine. Just, you know, give them up for adoption or just go through the pregnancy, have the baby and then like whatever. But just even if everything seems to be going okay with your pregnancy everything's grand bad things can happen and mm-hmm. you can die or yeah. almost die yeah. just you never know and so if you know yeah. And, yeah and i mean like that's the thing is i saw the other day the episcopal church as part of like their advent and christmas like postings that they were doing on instagram um they had a priest on there she said because she recently had a child and she was talking about her like thoughts on birth and she was like going into a delivery room and giving birth um is to come that that act is to come close to death like you have to you have to come face to face with death in order to bring birth Mm -hmm. and so like there was this whole beautiful parallel that she drew out about christ being born into the world and um, being born into the world to eventually um, sacrifice, you know, be sacrificed for us and like that approach to death and Mary also at the same time facing death to bring life to the world and bring, you know, it was this beautiful uh, comparison. But the reality of that is, is that like, yeah, you you can have, I had a perfect pregnancy, like nothing was wrong up until the moment that Theo like was was like almost into this world and then it was um if we we literally had a window of seven minutes it was like if we don't if we don't get this kid out in seven minutes which four of those are four to six of those are getting into an OR because you're not in an OR and getting prepped and getting ready um if we don't get this kid out like it's it's a downward spiral of bad and Mm -hmm. and like what happened to me, most people, they either end up getting a hysterectomy or bleeding out. And so like, it's, I was extremely lucky. And so like you, that's the thing is that like, people don't think about the real life situations surrounding, surrounding a political decision that says we want that decision to be in the hands of legislatures instead of the women who are experiencing it right then and there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it, and I know that not all abortions are like, born out of those situations not all of them are like dire need situations but it doesn't matter it, it shouldn't matter um 
because both both situations exist. And, yeah. Yeah. and also there's the whole thing about like how some of the abortion laws that have been put in place mean that like someone having a miscarriage could be charged for mm-hmm. having an abortion, which is just all kinds of fucked up. Like I just Yeah. And and the thing is too is that like even if the even if it's like, oh well that's never gonna happen because people are reasonable, it doesn't it only takes one person to right. not to not be reasonable and to look at the law and say, here's my loophole to ruin someone's life and, and, and actually yeah. pursue it. It only takes yeah. one person and those people exist. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's been so frustrating. It's like, it's so frustrating, especially because knowing that like, Oh good. I think it was like 70% of the country on all sides didn't want Roe v. Wade to be overturned. Yeah. Like, yeah. you couldn't even get 70% of the country to vote for Joe Biden. Like, right. <laughs> yes. And, well, and yeah. like, it's, also, it's not yeah. just about, like, it's about medical privacy. It's about, like, mm-hmm. it, this affects whether people can get IV, IVF. Like, yeah. it's, yeah. yeah. Like, it's about so much more than just, like, abortion or no abortion sort of thing. But yeah. I was very surprised because here in Kentucky, we actually had um, at this election cycle um in november we had a amendment to the state constitution that was we were voting on whether or not um we were going to amend the state constitution and say that it does not provide the right to abortion or require funding of abortion right so basically oops is everything outlawed or not and surprisingly kentucky voted no to have this amendment so they did not um completely get rid of everything which is great and but it was a 52 to 47 percent margin i mean tiny 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 but for a red state like in the bible belt i I think it was that um those signs that you saw sarah it probably it. was a lot of a lot of people had signs in their yards that were like mm. say no to government overreach and da 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 like very conservative talking points and then it was vote no on the amendment which is true because if you can confuse Kentucky voters enough we'll, <laughs> we'll vote the way you want you want it well and the truth is that's what's always so surprising to me about abortion and why conservatives are so for it I know a lot of it's the evangelical aspect but like. The fact that a conservative would be supporting the government making medical decisions for you yeah. is like mm-hmm. a weird because that's why they hate like Medicare. That's yeah. why they... exactly yeah. like like why are you all of a sudden thinking that the government should be stepping into everyone's business? Yeah, and it's I mean we we for know the answer your view to that, of your but... own morality. That's yeah. yeah, also the so... sad irony with things like Medicare and like government benefits and welfare and whatnot is the states that need it the most are the ones that vote against their own interest when it comes to that. Right. And like, that's just, and it's just and like lack that lack of education and being told like, yeah, it's going to take your rights away. And now the government owns like part of your healthcare. And it's like, mm-hmm. you need this. Like you're like, yeah. And I'm thinking of states like Mississippi and Alabama, where it's like, you're like number 49 and 50 in terms of education and healthcare like mm-hmm. stop yeah. voting against your best and obviously like shit is gerrymandered out the wazoo but like yeah, stop too. voting against yeah. your best interest well and the thing is is that in kentucky's down there too in yeah. those categories mm-hmm. and the the thing is is that um it's it's really frustrating 
it, it, when, when in any election cycle, it's really frustrating because I, I mean, we live, Sarah and I live in this reality all the time is that like, we do see communities in Eastern Kentucky or communities, you know, in different parts of our state that are the poorest that are in that situation. And there's so much historic distrust and so much, um, so much stigma that they have shouldered, even though if you think about Eastern Kentucky and you think about the people there and how much progress, how much, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like how radical they really have been historically Mm -hmm. in protecting their people in unionizing against coal companies and, you know, in, in really, liberal ideals yeah socialist um, ideals. <laughs> socialist yeah. ideals it's it's so disheartening to see how just a little bit of distrust and a, and 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 an attitude from the country that looks back on them and and, and you know goes yeah you're not you're not important um yeah. and so then they will flip the script and they will you know they'll be like okay no yeah this is uh this is just them liberals coming in here to and it's, it's so it's so hard um to live in that reality and to live in the, in a state where that's happening because we're yeah. like, these people are amazing. They're awesome. Also like, what, what are we doing that's preventing them from getting what you're saying? Anna, as far as like getting um, the proper, like not just education, but also like the proper attention yeah. that they need, you know? Yeah. And a lot of them like coming from a, a, working at a food bank and going to Eastern Kentucky and talking to people. And like when the floods happened and I mean, community is also just very important in places like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so they were, everyone was really like watching out for each other. And, um, but I think on top of that too, like, which Jordan and I've talked about recording a whole episode of like, (laughs) blue state liberals and how annoyed we get um which is a a different direction but um like a lot of people tweeting about how you know the floods and well they voted for mitch mcconnell so da 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 da. and And it's like that drives as a blue state liberal that's dehumanizing yeah well yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and i don't mean you guys i mean oh no 100% like to be clear i think it's important that like Again, like, I think it's important that we call out our own too. Like yeah, and it's like there are queer people both, in the both south, ways, like, yeah. <laughs> right? There's a lot of diversity down here, but it's it's like when you talk to people, it's just frustrating because like we're at the end of the day, I think all on the same page. Um, there's people down in Breathitt County, Kentucky, who have uh, barely any food, who know that like they need help, and politicians are not helping them, and people are not looking out for them. But there's just, like, this sense of, like, tradition and, like Jordan said, distrust of, well, I'm going to keep voting for Mitch McConnell because, because for whatever reason. Because he's pro-life. You know, like, I mean, it comes down to things like this where it's, like, because that they associate with this one issue yeah, in a way that they've traditionally associated with. Um, which was created like in it was a manufactured issue <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Reagan. A, you know Stupid Reagan. i think and i think blanket majority. blanket statement politics is really frustrating it's yes really incredibly frustrating <laughs> it's yeah it's wild but yeah yeah i don't know how to fix Ugh. that but when i'm president <laughs> i will fix that <laughs> 
I I'm I'm gonna be honest, Sarah. I I love you. I don't think I vote for you. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't need uh, to be president. I can't so argue without like, crying. As we're talking about more conservative perspectives, I guess. So um, news from the UMC this year: uh, the sort of tri- quote unquote traditionalist strand, or like you know more people who believe in you know the historical view of marriage um, in the um, in the United Methodist Church uh, broke <laughs> off, seceded basically from the United Methodist Church this year. Um, and became the Global Methodist Church. And there's all these sorts of things to deal with with that because technically, like, the UMC owns their buildings and, like, there's this whole, like, there's a retirement fund that is UMC and, like, all, there's just all these logistics. Like, I didn't know that final. I didn't know that finally happened this year. Yeah. yeah. So there was, yeah, they have, like, a website and they just sort of, like, announced it. They're like, we're the Global Methodist Church now. Um and because, I mean, because they haven't been able, the UMC hasn't been able to have a general conference where they can officially, like, do the deal of, like, how the church is going to split because of COVID. It was originally, and it was initially supposed to happen in May 2020. Uh, mm-hmm. And now it's not going to happen until, like, 2024. So. And, and again, just, with the naming convention, so it's like, yeah. what one, why, why is it that every time it's, like, a conservative group that is, like, has more closed off views in Christianity, they get to be called traditionalists. Mm-hmm. Like, excuse I, me. Yeah. Like I know what traditional yeah. marriage looks like. I am worth at least two chickens in a goat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like why is it that, you know, they get to yeah. that. And then like, they get to be the global method. Well, it's drug. because honestly, like, like most, I would say that like, I don't want to make too much of a generalization, but a lot of, Methodist Church, the United Methodist Churches outside of the United States are are joining the Global Methodist Church. Yeah. Because the reason why so it's actually the, legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a, a lot of African, yeah. a lot of African churches are part of it, and um, uh, though there are also there are some African churches that I think even this year became like officially affirming. So, nice, love yeah. that, Pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. Ugh, yeah, gross. Just. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. looking right now to see in Kentucky what the global Methodist church situation is. But also like what a bureaucratic nightmare. Truly. Right. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't imagine. I one thing, I mean, like I'm, you know, I I chose to like formally join the UMC, but I'm like the bureaucracy is just the absolute worst. I mean, that's kind yeah. of similar with like a lot of mainline churches right now, yeah. and that needs to change if they want any young people to exist in it. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 Like Gen Z, like I was talking with my aunt about this yesterday. Gen Z has zero chill and zero regard for tradition. And that makes me so, so happy. Me too. (laughs) Like it's, it's that thing of just like, yeah, like, oh, is this how it was always done? Well, too bad. It's stupid. Like let's do something Mm -hmm. different. And it's just, not to be like the they're gonna save us because I feel like people use that as a cop out to be um, apolitical or to mm-hmm. stand idly by. Yeah, but as Greta like, Thunberg would say, how dare you? Us. How dare you say that? Like, speaking of which, y'all, um, I don't know. In the last, like, I think this happened either last night or yeah, like yesterday. Um, so Andrew Tate, the fucking uh, <laughs> yes. awful MAGA guy, like, yeah, awful the MAGA trafficker. Next trafficker had to have beef with Greta Thunberg and got arrested. 
Because, God Greta Thunberg. Yeah, so he Let's he go. sent out a tweet that was like, hey, here's like a list of all my vehicles. Yeah, I'm going to send yeah. it to you, Greta Thunberg. And then Greta was like, uh, sure, email me at like... Yeah, big um, dick energy or small no, dick small, energy. Small, small dick energy, yeah. Small dick energy, yeah. Like, getalife.com. Yeah. Um, oh and then he God. released a video response. And in that video response, he had just on the table a pizza box that was from like from a Romanian pizza company. And so that alerted the Romanian authorities that he was in the country. And so they went to raid his house. I love it. I love it. And then she tweeted today, this is what happens when you don't recycle your pizza boxes. (laughs) Savage. I love her. She, that is amazing. We like, love seeing dicks get torn down. Yes. yes. Also, yes. one of the funny, I think George Takei tweeted about this. Like, Andrew Tate, who was banned from Twitter, who was brought back by Elon Musk, the first freaking thing he does is get his ass arrested. <laughs> also, God bless George Takei. Let's be yes. honest. Yes. Yes. Oh Speaking my. of which, also, oh Elon my. Musk um, owning Twitter. <laughs> so many things it's so many things i said something about of course my i think i've talked about my aunt before on our podcast but love her to death god bless she's my aunt she's family bless her heart but bless her heart but she's very conservative (laughs) but she knows nothing about like any any of that and so um when all that happened with elon i said something about him around her and she was like oh yeah and and he owns twitter and i think that's great because he's gonna get trump back on the platform and i was like you don't know what you're talking like (laughs) yeah okay yeah he's great for freedom of speech he's running it into the ground but like i yeah Yeah. um he said that comedy is now legal on twitter and along with the fact that you could just pay eight dollars to the blue check mark that meant that a bunch of people impersonated brands and celebrities oh that was hilarious yes free the free insulin one um mason menega mason menega who is a twitter king ex-evangelical king he um he impersonated john piper i saw that (laughs) it was so good yes it was amazing that's um I also saw some companies that like responded and they were like, this is not us. We've never done that except once. Oh, like, that was know, the they... Chiquita Banana. They yes. actually helped yes. overthrow government once, but yeah. not now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, this is Which kind is of amazing. Again, it's that, yeah. it's that level of pettiness and level of like, that is the level of pettiness that I enjoy is yeah. like, well, see- that's we can i'm not gonna be mad that we can buy an eight dollar check mark i'm gonna just burn shit to the ground with yes. that information that, yes that is just like that is why i love twitter like i'm barely ever on twitter anymore but like that is why i love twitter because whoever decided that it was important to give brands social media accounts and let people my age and younger run them <laughs> um genius genius because i've seen so much just tomfoolery happen uh on twitter through the brand accounts that just makes me like it, it genuinely makes me like hopeful for yes. the world yeah <laughs> like, yeah i know i know that the official wendy's twitter account oh it's fantastic it's a real asshole and it's it, kind of weird really though happy. right because it's like this brand is not a person stop trying to make us think you're a person like, yeah, that's yeah. Kind of my take on it but hey oh. um this is, I guess, a similar vein, but also, I guess, all the Chappelle stuff happened Ew. this year. And it, no one's of... so mad. I used to like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. 
Too bad he's a freaking turf. <laughs> I never really this year. Was that I really think this so. year? Some I, of think it was, I think some of it might have been Is he a turf or is he just week. transphobic? Like, is he even feminine? He calls himself Whoa. a turf. It, like, no. Arguably, yeah. But he's called himself a turf on stage because he's like, I agree with J.K. Rowling. I guess I'm a turf. Like, But also, yeah. arguably, maybe the F part of the turf acronym. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to see I... when, that, when his special came out i think the thing is, he's been called out for doing transphobic stuff like for a few years now but yeah. i think it really yeah. blew up this past year i think july it looks like huh. but it just goes and i saw um what is his name Pete burns mike burn anyway someone who works with snl talking about him hosting snl and doing a whole monologue about how like the whole anti-semitic monologue Oh, well, no, well, talking about how, like, you just can't say anything anymore while he's hosting mm-hmm. SNL mm-hmm. to an audience. Like, no one's canceling you, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. we're just telling you, you you're money not out your funny. Ass. You can send yeah. a dick rocket to space. Like, you're fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you're fine. No one's coming for you. We We just now have the ability to tell you that you suck at comedy unfiltered. Like, we mm-hmm. can talk back. And I'm yeah. sorry you don't like it. You're not funny. So, <laughs> yeah, and it's uh, it's so again because I used to think he was very funny, like back in the like before yeah. any of this shit came out. But it was just like, dude, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Like, ugh. I just don't understand. And this is the same thing for J.K. Rowling, which I know that's not a this year thing, but like, Ugh. stop. It's now an I mean, every it's year thing. It's, yeah. a, it's just a thing. But like, stop doubling down just, Im- just immediately. Chill, like. Just Take one moment and but use thank an you for iota. Speaking out so I know, you know. Like. I mean, yes, but also like I don't know. I just wish people would take one second to think about what they're saying when people call them on it and go, "Hmm, maybe I should reflect on this and see why I'm offending people." But they don't. They're just like, "Nope, I am now doubly transphobic. Okay, and I will so be a actually, turf. okay, this doesn't have to do with transphobia, but in terms of the doubling down, this makes me think of what happened this year with Goddess Grey. Okay. Uh, yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, there, I don't even know quite how to describe this. I might just again leave, like, there's this really long article that talks about it really well. Um, and, um, I guess, like, she sort of, I mean, she got called out for, like, racism and, like, not really treating her people of color, her friends of color well, I think is sort of what was going on. And, like, then Joe Lumen sort of, and, and Bren- Brenda, who's Goddess Grey, got mm-hmm. into the sort of kind of public fight on uh, Instagram. And, like, there was, like, literally, like, uh, Brenda basically issued, like, in her Instagram stories, a legal threat uh, <laughs> to a woman of color. Uh, and I don't think it was really justified. And so I haven't really been able to watch her videos after that. You know, I can't just, watch her videos anymore. It actually you know, hurts. Especially, yeah. the, she like even doubled down and made a video being like, "The exvangelicals canceled me." Uh, <laughs> you're still making videos that get a decent amount of views, girl. Like, so what was the yeah. original like? Okay, so there was like this photo that was taken at Joshua Tree of all these women who were like some naked, some just scantily clad dressed and then everyone was like why are there no people of color in this photo why is there no more body no like not a lot of body diversity which like i mean i feel like it was more of a not just about like that photo of friends but like about like in general maybe the 
just the vibe in this place. Yeah, and I feel like the, and especially in the evangelical community, I think a lot of times the people that are uplifted nowadays are very white or white passing. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas there are people of color who've been doing the work for years. Years. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it did start to make me wonder. I'm like, why is most of what I've learned about like embodiment from like Jamie Lee Finch and God is Grey, you know, to mm-hmm. white women? <laughs> because there's other people that have been doing that work. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I think that people of color's voices need to be lifted up more in the deconstruction space, which is why it's so sad that I think, like, Joe Lumen was definitely bullied off of, like, several social media platforms. Um, mm-hmm. She's a uh, Latina, Latina, I believe Latina, um, deconstruction person in the deconstruction space mm-hmm. um, who does a lot of, like, work around, like, talking about what's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and so we definitely, like, I definitely was on her sort of side. I mean, she said she didn't really think people needed to take sides but anyway I was just on the side of like let's not bully people here guys let's yeah Um, yeah and I think the fact too that one of the people that was on that Joshua Tree trip is not a great like she wrote a whole article Mm -hmm. being like to the people that were offended by this photo I'm sorry that I'm so much prettier than you right she said because of pretty privilege isn't it that you don't like me oh gross so Gretchen oh. Wieners of like I can't Ew. help it that I'm popular like oh. it's so Ew. gross also oh. she really likes Jordan Peterson which mm. you know well you know red flag yeah yeah that's what I was gonna say it's like <laughs> there's your sign and it's like this was the yeah. person that Brenda was very much defending as yes. well which is like and she's supposed to use the phrase of, like, the woke culture. She's not going to let the woke culture, like, cancel her. You know, which is so weird because that's, I feel like she, I feel like used, that's a... like, she used to, like, poke fun at people who said that, you know, that it was, yeah. like, was just, like, fear-mongering, you know? And, like, yeah, it was just so weird to see. I think that, like, I mean, yeah, certain, she just seems to have changed. So I just don't watch her content anymore. But luckily, there are all other amazing creators out there, too. Yeah. 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 I'm also seeing on Reddit that she used a bunch of uh, quotes from Martin Luther King Jr. out of context. Oh, yes. To help oh, yeah, support. that was part of it, too. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. She used that in the same, like, post in which she said, like, the words woke culture. So. Uh, <laughs> did she, because I'm also on Reddit now, did she also talk about her son having cancer in this uh, thing? There was some, yeah, so she, when she was, when she was issuing a legal threat to Joe Lumen, she was mentioning, like, her son. Yeah, okay. and it was, As in, and, like, like oh, I've a- been through so much, why are you doing this to me? Like, and the thing is like and i mean this that's is not to negate thing, right? Like, right like this isn't to negate the pain that she's gone through but it was like interesting that she'd kept that information anonymous like because she, she didn't post for almost a year like she well, almost like, a several months and then like she sort of had updates in her story about hospitals something about hospitals yeah but like she know. never like she never explicitly mm-hmm. said what was going on um but then like in issuing a legal threat to joe lumen yeah now it's now she's like sharing her son's mm-hmm. information yeah. which is yeah. like again that doesn't negate the pain that doesn't like like parents i guess can post what they context. want but it's no like this in you... that context yeah. right right it feels manipulative when you're mm-hmm. using it like that yeah. right remember that you know although your social media is yours you also are a platform and you if you have a yeah. following then that like that comes with a responsibility to understand mm-hmm. when you're communicating what and how yeah i think like I think I read it. So I don't remember where I might have read it. it. Might have been in the 
Fundy Friday's Discord channel mm -hmm. about God is Gray, but the best way that it was put was like, Brenda deconstructed purity culture and modesty culture. She didn't deconstruct much else. Mm -hmm. Like there's still certain aspects of that evangelicalism that pops through even in the work that she does. Because also I think it was last year, um, the channel Jubilee, they do like these middle ground videos where it's like yeah. Yeah, liberal Christians yeah. versus conservative Christians. And they get talking points and they talk about them. And one of them was like, step forward if you think Jesus would have marched with the Black Lives Matter movement. And she was interestingly the only one of the liberal side that didn't step forward mm. interesting which mm. was just interesting like it was like and she gave justification for it but it was just very like hmm. Hmm. yeah also like so she also i think in her initial one of her she made like a video earlier this year that like i think you remember you said you watched and it was kind of weird about like she talked about kanye and like how what, what what exactly was she saying about Kanye? Something about like like demon like he's getting canceled because oh, he has mental, mental like illness. illness. Yeah. And the thing is, even and, though it's like that's not why he's, and this he's being also, called out for like anti-Semitic <laughs> rhetoric. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I will. And this isn't even like a devil's advocate thing. This was before all of the anti-Semitism really came right. out about him. This was when he was you know stalking Kim Kardashian, yeah, and doing that whole bullshit. Um, we already knew he was a MAGA weirdo, but like. It was before it was really solidified that he was, you know, a Nazi. Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. like having, it, having it, it, mental it's, illness does not give you license to be a dick. Yeah. Like I mean, most, no. like most of my friends have mental illness and none of them have ever considered. Right. Being yeah. Anti-Semitic or stalking people or like, it's not an excuse. Yeah. I think a lot of it too comes from like him. I get, cause I guess people have talked about him having bipolar disorder. Um, so like, in some of the stuff that I listened to where he was on, um, what's his face? The guy that paid a bunch of fines recently. Uh, oh, Alex, oh Alex, Alex Jones. Like, you know um, you're bad when Alex Jones is like, whoa. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but, you're yeah. And like, yes, a lot of what Kanye is saying when it comes to like, um, like the paranoid kind of like big conspiracy stuff like yeah that sounds manic but also sometimes people are just anti-semitic like it's mm -hmm. i feel like it's almost like a and this is a bad comparison probably but like when people say um drunk words or sober thoughts or however that goes mm -hmm. like yeah where it's like your you, ambitions are kind of yeah, yeah. and yeah. so like i maybe he always was this way mm -hmm. and when he's not as grounded to reality it's all kind of coming out and yeah. so, like, yeah, I think at some point, like, we need to have a space for him and understanding that he's not he connected to reality, mm -hmm. but also sometimes people just suck. Yeah, and, and the words like are still causing harm. Right? Yeah, right, yeah, right. Harm. Like, yeah. yeah. And this is there... like my thing too. And I guess you know, easier said than done, especially if you don't have healthcare, like healthcare, health insurance, or whatever. But like, if you know that not being on medication like that or being in therapy is causing harm to other people in that sort of way. Mm -hmm. Why wouldn't you fight tooth and nail to get that help? Right. Like, right. And again, like I say this with the full knowledge that not everyone has access to health insurance. Not everyone has access to sure. proper, especially mental health care too. Mm -hmm. but, but someone so, like Kanye. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Has he that. has That's, means yeah. like he. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't um, know, man. 
I feel like we've been talking about a lot of heavier things, so I just want to bring up Maddie Zom, who released the yes. best album. Like, she released it in August, and If It's Not God is my top song on Spotify of the year. Like, <laughs> I... Um, I admittedly had to look up Maddie Zom just because like I am disconnected from music, uh, from current music culture. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw You Might Not Like Her as one of the songs listed, I was like, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. This this definitely changed uh, my life. For, <laughs> yeah. For yeah. I, I, mean, I was driving in the car because I'd heard that song all over TikTok for like a hot mm-hmm. second. But the first time I listened to it the whole way through when it got to the end of like the uh someday you think you'll disappoint your parents but they'll love you not in spite but regardless i literally just started crying in the yeah. car and i was like i don't know what's happening to me yeah. right now <laughs> so it's so good it's so good mm-hmm. yeah for me if it's not god is like just the perfect representation of like the toll of being the good christian girl is this like you, yeah you know they called me a sinner when i was a saint hiding in her bedroom praying depression away killing herself for eternal life and losing her interest to be a good wife it's like that. Yeah, let's name. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Uh, just go do more, please. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. Um, Maddie's. And Sumler continues to slay with the music that they're putting out. Oh, I was just, I was just looking at. uh, I just sent Sarah a TikTok earlier today, actually, from Sumler that was um, talking about the Dove Awards. And the whole, I don't know. Oh if, my God. Oh yeah, they went to the Dove Awards. Yeah, they but did you. They into the Dove Awards. <laughs> well, yes. they, they bought tickets. Okay. Um, and so they got tickets to the Dove Awards and like had to sit like with like the general tickets mm-hmm. people and then ended up winning, right? No, right? not that- winning. They no. won something. Well, they, know, they were able to there. like with, through a friend get onto the red carpet. Um, yeah. And they yeah, were able to but- also get to the after party. Yes. Yes. And it was so great because I, like they had said at the very beginning, it was like um, right before waking up the day of had a dream about going to the Dove Awards and had like met some people mm-hmm. who were like low key, chill and awesome and had a great time and then ended up going meeting some people who were like low key, chill and awesome and having a great time. Yeah. Um, I just love to see it. Love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. And also the picture that they posted of them on the red carpet with doves coming out of yes. their hands was just magic <laughs> but also can we talk about somebody who's a breakout artist who topped the charts twice and did not get invited and right. i mean like and did not yeah. get the necessary accolades i just like like meet lauren daigle who is the ccm sweetheart right now. i know like it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not surprised in the slightest. I'm not shocked, but I'm still so upset about it. Yeah. And in that similar vein, um, uh, Switchfoot said gay rights. So we can all feel good about that. Um, John Ford and Amy Grant. And Amy Grant said gay rights. Uh, so. Yeah, I feel like yeah. Amy Grant has been saying gay rights for a while now. Yeah. <laughs> like she's been going to Wild Goose and all those, like, those things. So. Yeah. I was so um, glad. Makes me I was, so happy. I knew Amy Grant was that girl. I knew oh, she was. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So good things happening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exciting things for our podcast, getting to record with Kevin Garcia. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Um, oh, Jordan and McKay, ex-Mormon YouTubers. That was fun. 
I, sorry, <laughs> not to interrupt, love them. Yeah. And I've been watching their um, Mormon Stories podcast, yeah. mm-hmm. which uh, the first one, I mean, is like three hours long mm-hmm. of just uh, McKay's. And I'm like mm-hmm. halfway through it, but I'm here for it. I will watch the whole thing. I love them to death. That's all. <laughs> yeah, they were awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was just, yeah, I know, it was just like a big, and then we have like a couple other guests potentially in talks for next year so that's exciting i'm just gonna say including jennifer knapp (laughs) yeah including potentially jennifer knapp um i'm just gonna say it here and i say it all the time to people uh april is a whiz at um networking i had coffee with matthias roberts a few weeks ago um matthias roberts he's the host of the queerology podcast author beyond shame and he's definitely going to be on the pod and also going to be the one who gives me my first mic so wow like it's so exciting i know like i brag about i brag about you to like my partner all the time i'm just like like every time she's like damn april like so I like, I've just gotten lucky with like who I've been able to meet and I don't know sometimes I just shoot my shot on Twitter that's how we got Brad Onishi of straight white American Jesus so yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah that's definitely a skill that I I, I want to I want to learn I, I definitely want to learn it but I, like because I would never shoot that shot ever here's the thing, that's most of the acting business and I'm convinced that's one of the reasons why I never like quote-unquote made it because I'm so I I uh, hate bringing up my own stuff I hate mm-hmm. being like like hey you should totally do like I'm just really bad at it like even I think I was leading a QCF community group and some one of the people like on last day was like wait Anna aren't you like the host of reclaiming the garden and I was like <laughs> they're like whoa wait you have a podcast how do you say anything I'm like I don't want to be like by the way guys uh, I know we talked about coming out for 10 weeks listen to my podcast like I'm not gonna like I feel weird yeah. doing that yeah, oh, no, I'm, I'm exactly the same way. Is the thing. Like, yeah, <laughs> which is great. Like, one of us has to be. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the exactly the same way as you, Anna. Where like every time we do introductions at work, like when we're doing trainings and stuff, they're like always like, "Oh yeah, tell a little bit about like what you do, what your hobbies are, and stuff." And I'll go through some stuff, and then my supervisor Rachel, every single time she goes don't you have a podcast? And I was like, oh, right. Yeah. Oh, I got a podcast. Yeah. 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 Literally, like that's usually the first thing out of my mouth these days when I introduce myself. <laughs> yeah. I no, try I'm this way. Like I can't really do it. I'm like, yeah, go listen to my thing. I've yeah. started putting it like in bios for things. Like when Anna's not doing blah, 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 blah. She is the co-host of the Reclaiming Garden podcast and my choir's newsletter that they do every week. They're like, they're doing features on different members. So I put that oh. in there. And now a bunch of my fellow choir members listen to the podcast um yeah which is so funny and then like one person mentioned like for our last concert there was like 30 or 35 of us all crammed into one like dressing room doing makeup and whatnot and one person went Anna I love your podcast it's so good and all 33 <laughs> other people were like what you have a podcast so I'm like cool all yeah. of Angel City Corral knows I have a podcast yeah. now. See, that's what I'm terrified of. Is that like if I say, "Oh yeah, I, I I'm co-host of a podcast," then people will listen to it, and I'm scared. I can't do that. Are you scared of people you know in real life listening? You see, yes. as someone who intends yes. to publish a book, I just have to be used to like 
maybe some people are going to think it sucks. You know, it's whatever. Yeah, like, I'm fine well, with that. Well, see, that's the weird thing is that, like, I'm used to, like, because I, I, you know, I, I, I'm used to writing poetry. I've got, you know, like, my whole gig is creative writing. And, like, I'm I'm totally comfortable with somebody, like, reading my writing and being like, that's crap. Like, I that totally fine. Somebody listening to me talk about just, just, I don't know, shooting the shit and like, and just yeah. and talking and going, that's crap. I'm scared. Like, I'm, and I'm terrified. there's certain episodes where I'm like, oh, I really hope no one listens to that one. Like, like the, like not, it's not even like a bad thing. It's like stuff that I'm proud of and I'm fine with like certain friends listening to them, but other ones I'm like, ooh, you're going to find out things about me that you right. didn't know. Hi. I'm yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We had one of our friends, I didn't realize that this was a touchy subject. I didn't think that it would be, but we found out oh, yeah. MLMs were a touchy subject with one of our friends <laughs> who listens to, oh, no. or at least used to listen to like every episode of our podcast. Yeah. Um, and she probably still does. She didn't like take it personally, but I was saying something about it and she was like, yeah, I just kind of couldn't listen to those because like... Oh, my family like my family like grew up on MLMs or something like her dad was involved so I was like oh okay we just won't talk about that then. yeah yeah but yeah I mean Mark what? had a similar response because like mm-hmm. he grew up in that situation too and we've had the conversations before of like he's like I recognize all the things that you're saying and all the bad he's like I recognize that but you have to remember like this this whole culture made me who I am in some ways and I have to appreciate some of those things and I was like I get that okay all right I can I can yeah. I can stand I can by behind it a little bit yeah 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 and isn't that what we do with evangelicalism every day just you know <laughs> fair <laughs> this culture made us who we are ouch and but yes. uh, yeah mm-hmm. I don't know any other moments from the year that y'all want to bring up whether what about y'all's podcast I know you weren't as active but yeah <laughs> yeah Life I mean, with, that's you know, yeah, a newborn. Like, yeah, well, yeah. yeah, life with two, two, uh, two under three. It's usually the two under two situation. I've got two under three. Uh, is tough. It is plus tough. a doctorate. Plus a. Oh, God, I don't a oh my God! Wait, a doctorate in what? No, I'm. I'm not. Uh, I'm not there yet. I'm a candidate. She's working I'm, on it. I'm working on it. Okay. Um, in educational policy studies, uh, and so I study higher ed policy around college readiness and students who are admitted to universities um, but are not considered college ready in reading and writing. Um, and so I'm working on that research right now. <laughs> IRB pending, which I have haven't checked my email in a week because I don't want to see it. Um, but. Uh, yeah that that whole stress plus the kids we kind of took a little bit of a break and hopefully our hiatus will lift rather soon now that yeah. one mm-hmm. of my kids is sleeping through the night yeah nice. so yeah and you know we just I feel like it's fine we just probably won't have a schedule set for a little bit and if we uh-huh. do an episode we do an episode and yeah. If not, we don't. So, you know, it's all Which good. Which means that but... you have to follow them on the podcast platforms because you won't know. You got yes, like, exactly. You know, yeah. notifications it's like a surprise. Yes. Yeah. Follow We're... us. Give us it's a five-star review. Um, it's, you know. Um, <laughs> and and I have friends. somehow managed to generally keep a schedule despite us both being in grad school. So yeah. I think this Which is the one is episode that is going to be kind of off schedule because, again, right. the plan is to release this 
uh, tomorrow, which is New Year's we were Eve. Just, we were dealing with, like, you know, trying to record in December. And again, it's a lot. Four, yeah. Again, trying to get four different people under very different life right. circumstances. Yeah. And one of whom is, I think we're all... Well, I mean, Sarah and Jordan, you're on the same time zone, but yeah, we're least... yeah, wait, which is Eastern, right? So I think we're mm-hmm. on. We're all oh, on... you're all Eastern. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm on the West Coast, gal. So yeah, we were trying to do it before I left to come back to Virginia. We were doing it as like me and Anna on Pacific and y'all on Eastern, but then it right, was right. work out. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, but it's we a, made it happen. Yes, Very similar to scheduling a D and D group. Oh my gosh, you are not kidding. Yeah, yeah. oh my gosh. And we have we have members in three different time zones and and our DM is on the West Coast. Yeah. Whoa, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's always Um, fun. So well I guess Uh, oh, yes, we can mention this because we've been mentioning it, I think, each episode since it's been public. Um, you know, in 2023, we're starting off the year with a bang at Reclaiming the Garden with a live show at the Q Christian Fellowship yes. Conference. Yes! And it's going to be just, like, so much fun. Yeah, we're going to be chatting with our friend um, Jess Grace Garcia, who is one of the founders of Q Worship Collective and is a co-host on the Lavender Mafia podcast. Um, that episode, because we're recording it live, we'll get that one up as soon as we have I guess, access to the audio and able to edit mm-hmm. it. But hopefully, I think the goal was end of January February? or February for that one? February, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so the goal is to have that one up in February, but it, we'll, we'll have episodes for, coming out in January. Yeah, yeah, including an interview with um, Brad Onishi of the Straight White American Jesus podcast. So yes. that was fun. And uh, I guess we can go into High of the Week unless you all have any more reflections on the year. Ooh, uh, one weird one, not self-promotion, but podcast promotion. Uh, we have new merch. Uh, people. Oh, yes. Yes. So um, we have moved our platform to Redbubble and we have, we still have um, Bible Dyke merchandise. Um, it looks a little bit different, but it's still Bible Dyke merchandise. And then we also have um, Mary New in response to the, the poorly informed song, Mary, Did You Know? Um, <laughs> yes. We have... Uh, I'm, my name is the slippery slope your youth pastor warned you about and we mm-hmm. also we have we have quite a few different designs and definitely and I love the, the chewed up gum that says not broken on it oh I'm so glad <laughs> but yeah so um uh, ideally uh we're gonna keep that updated with new merch and whatnot but at the very least there are options for things and they all come in a variety of different mediums um so you might not be able to wear Bible Dyke energy on a shirt, but you could certainly have it on a mug. Um, so yeah, definitely check out the merch store. And now we can go into high of the week. Um, I guess for me, it's been hanging out with my family. You know, I I moved to Seattle in like late July, and then this is now my first time being back with them. Um, so that's been really nice. Watching a bunch of movies. Uh, yesterday we watched um, Knives Out, Glass Onion, which is Ooh, really good. Very good. Can't wait to see that. Yeah. Oh. My high, it's not, it wasn't from this week, but I feel like I would, we haven't recorded in a while, but I went to the Queer Winter Formal hosted by Semler. <laughs> um, and it was, I went with my partner and we were like, this is the queer prom that like we couldn't get in high school because oh. we were both closeted. Um, yeah. And it was so fun. It was super duper fun and yeah, it was dancing galore and got like a nice dinner and we went to Denny's after because you have to go to like the 24 hour diner after these sorts of things. Oh yeah. And I stole one of the flyers from the inside and it says 
uh, vote Semler for prom king, and it has a picture of them with a top hat. Um, so I have that on my wall now. So that's pretty <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's nice. Awesome. Um, uh, I think for me, because time is a weird soup right now. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I think Christmas this year was really, uh, Christmas this year was a whole thing to unpack, but, um, it was Theo's first Christmas. And so, um, getting to see him do all those fun things and, and just be, um, the crazy little monster that he is and also see his big brother, um, kind of play the big brother at Christmas. It was very unique and just um, brought me brought me a lot of joy. That's so. really sweet. How old is um, Theo now? He is 10 months now. Wow. And, and just all over the place. He doesn't sit still for a second. So. <laughs> That's so sweet. Um, mine was, I mean, I guess just, you know, kind of similar family time. At the holidays, um, my stepdad recently moved to Chattanooga, and so he came back up, and we got to see him for the first time since he moved, so that was good. I got to, uh, Jordan and Mark graciously had me over for Christmas Eve as well, Um, so I got to see the boys, my two favorite children in the entire world, Um, and this is a very random high, but I feel like I just gotta say, um, Jenna Marbles and... (gasps) Julian Solomita got married and I care more about that they got married by the way Jordan (laughs) Jen and Julian got married and (laughs) Jordan's like looking at her phone and being all surprised I know um and that gave me a lot of joy just to know that two people that I care about even uh you know parasocially are happy so yeah like so great I know (laughs) And it's so interesting because especially with Jenna Marbles, like, because I grew up watching her as well. Like, she's mm-hmm. been so unproblematic for the most part. And she's yeah. acknowledged some of her poorer jokes that she made. And especially, like, during a time when edgelord comedy was such a big thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I, like, she is one of the few YouTubers that I've had a lot, like, respect for pretty much her entire Same. Uh, internet career. Same with Julian. Oh, King Mika, it's too bright. It's too, hold on. Oh, nope. no, there's my <laughs> Yes, uh, I know. Yes. Oh, I can't, I can't, oh, why? Why is it, why are you not? Yeah, I mean, she's been, like, completely silent. She, like, deleted oh. her social media. Yeah, she's been off the grid, so. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Oh, my gosh, I'm so happy. I know. Yes. They deserve it. Mm-hmm. All good things. Mazel tov to them. Mazel, yes. Yeah. Well, um, I wish all of our listeners a happy new year, and I'm so glad that we get to got to do this little tradition again. Yeah, it's the same time yes. next year. So great. Yeah, we'll pencil it in the calendar and <laughs> excellent. <laughs> Um, knowing our scheduling situation maybe we should ink pen that one in <laughs> you're probably right you're probably we're right. planning this so ahead <laughs> yeah. thank you so much for tuning into this episode of reclaiming the garden you can follow us on instagram youtube and facebook at reclaiming the garden or on twitter at rt garden podcast be sure to check out our patreon for exclusive episodes and you can always check out our merch store to get t-shirts mugs and other fun merchandise If you are able to, please be sure to rate and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as it does boost us in the algorithm. 
but we are grateful that you are here and listening. So if that's all you can do, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you soon.